Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be so, Malachi 4 is the, uh, the great day of God. In verse 1, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. I had a phone call from a guy recently. He saw our statement of faith on the internet, and he was upset about that part about where it says those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ will end up in a literal place called hell. And boy, he was mad. Where does that say that in the Bible? Where does that say? And he wouldn't even let me talk. But here's one part where it does, where it does say it. Burn them up. It's going to burn them up. Now, this great day of the Lord that's coming. This is the passage that the I don't care crowd, they really need to listen to this. The I don't care crowd, what is that? Those that don't care about Bible stuff, those that don't go to church, those that don't pray, they don't care anything about following what the Lord has said or care to know what He expects of His creation to do. They they don't care. I'd, I'd live my life my way, and Ray, just because the Bible is a big thing for you, that doesn't mean it's a big thing for me. That, that's your thing. It's not my thing. You know, I like chocolate. You like vanilla. It's not my thing. Well, guys, it's going to be your thing sooner or later. <laughs> Those that don't really care about the Bible, I, I have a lot of people, friends that are kind people, but when it comes to the Lord, they just don't have it in them. They just don't want to know about these things. And they they say how they're different and and they're unique from me. But, you know, I just want to say, friends, please hear me. This day of the Lord is coming, whether you like it or not, whether it's your thing or not, it's coming. And everybody is going to be set before the Lord for judgment, whether you want to or not. It's kind of like that criminal who's found guilty. He can't tell the judge, but I don't believe in jail. You can't send me to jail. I don't believe in jail. Well, there is a jail and you're going. The judge is going to throw you in jail whether you believe it or not. And I just want everybody to understand that this day is coming, as verse 1 says, so that you should get ready. You got to be prepared for this. You know, it's like a major storm. When the weatherman says there's a major storm coming and everybody goes and buys plywood and and, and food and, and stuff and they get ready. Have you seen the storm? No. Well, he showed it to me on radar. Don't you know they can manipulate that and trick you? No, I believe what he said. But you didn't actually see the storm. It's out in the Gulf. You didn't see it. So you just hear the weatherman, you take his word for it, and you go get ready. Well, how come people don't do God this way? If the day of the Lord is coming, well, I haven't seen it. Well, he said it's coming. Mm -hmm. Get ready. 
We'll believe the weatherman, but we won't believe God. What's up with that? When the storm arrives, it may be inconvenient to your schedule, but when it does arrive, you're either going to be prepared and go, you're either going to be prepared and survive, or you're not going to be prepared and you're going to go down in it. And and I'm just here to tell you about salvation in Jesus Christ. Get busy obeying his commands so that you can weather the trials that are coming and be able to pass through his judgment unscathed. Okay, and so Malachi says, he says, for behold, y'all know what behold means. Behold means look. Hey, look over here. Wake up, dude. Pay attention. Behold, look at this. (laughs) Check it out. Scope it, whatever your terminology is. Back then it was for behold. Pay attention. Listen to this. I bet Malachi had the I don't care crowd too. Do you think? <laughs> I think he had the I don't care crowd back then. For behold, look, the look, the day is coming, burning like an oven. Now, th- this is the part of the whole chapter that really grabbed me right here. Burning like an oven. Because when something is burning like an oven, you can tell it's going to be a very intense day. Because it's burning. It's hot. <laughs> God's wrath is very, very hot. And Scripture says that our God is a consuming fire. But the fact that Malachi says it burns like an oven should indicate to us that this is a controlled fire. It's not just a fire blasting all over the place. It is a controlled fire. People have this tendency to just go crazy, especially when they get mad. And this is like an uncontrolled fire when they get angry. And so their wrath just goes everywhere, all over the place. And they vent on people they probably shouldn't vent on to. But when a fire gets loose, it burns everything it touches. But a controlled fire is kept within certain limitations so that it can be used for accomplishing a specific purpose. Like in the case of an oven, it's kept within a certain certain, uh, limitations. Like when when you bake bread in an oven, you're not intending to burn the whole house down. You're intending just to bake what's in that oven. That fire is set for what's only in there. The heat is only used for the purpose of baking what is inside the oven. Now, it says for God's wrath, the days like a, like a burning oven, the heat of his wrath will never get out of control. That's what I realized from this, like an oven thing. God's wrath never gets out of control. He's in control of it. It's not going to burn everywhere and everyone. God's wrath is a controlled wrath that he keeps for only the specific purpose of judging the wicked who refuse to get under the blood of Christ. It's a controlled wrath. I know we see crazy things coming through the nation and we get afraid and get fearful. If you're under the blood of Jesus Christ, you don't have to be worried about this. He has a controlled wrath. And so when you see that the day is burning, coming like, coming like a burning oven, we who believe in Messiah Jesus should be thankful that God is not going to put his wrath on any of us who believe, but it is reserved for the ungodly and the unrighteous. I'm so thankful that he can sweep through and it not touch me. It's like getting under the blood in, in Passover. It is reserved for the ungodly and the unrighteous. And this is not the first time that 
the Lord has been viewed as an oven. <laughs> I, I remember when the Lord made his covenant with Abram, it said in Genesis 15 and 17, it said, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. When he made the covenant, he had them separate these animals in half and pass through. The idea was that men would travel through together, but terror fell on Abram and he couldn't even pass. The Lord alone passed between. And, and the idea of passing between the animals was like, may I become like these animals if I don't live up to my end of the deal? May I become like these destroyed animals? Okay, it's kind of the, the picture. And two men would agree by going through together, but Abram couldn't even pass. He fell down, wasn't even able to move. And the Lord went through alone in this presence like this to demonstrate you have nothing you can contribute anyway. I'm going through alone because I'm the one that binds it myself. That's why he did that. But he was described here as a smoking oven. It's not the first time we've seen this, this oven here, but I'm so glad that his wrath is not for us. As Malachi 4 verse 1 says, this is for the proud, it says. And interesting how it says for the proud will be stubble. Stubble. What is stubble? Stubble is what's left over of the stalks after harvest time when they go and harvest the, the crops and the, the stalks are down there. That's stubble. And they burn that. And it gets out there in the sun and it, it dries and they've got stuff laying around. It burns pretty quick. It burns fast. <laughs> and so the proud and the wicked, they're not going to have a literal prayer. They're not going to have a literal prayer against God's judgment. They are going to burn up fast. I don't care how big the bank account is. I don't care what position of power they have. Those who reject Messiah Jesus, when this day hits, they're going to be like stubble. They're going to burn up quick. They're going to be gone. That's going to be the end of those who do not get under the blood of Christ. And to my friends who still think that I'm just trying to coerce you, you're trying to sell me on something, Ray. I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Salvation's free. There's nothing to sell. <laughs> it's something to take. <laughs> uh, for those that think that way about me, please understand that this day is coming. And the Lord says that this is what is going to happen to those who adamantly refuse his free gift of grace. Now, we need to remember this was directed towards Israel and what Israel was doing. I'm not discounting that. But this is a day that is coming and that we all need to be aware of. But see, it's a sin problem that we all have. Israelites are no, have been no different. Uh, it's a sin problem. God has to execute judgment on sin because it is a violation of his law. Now, if somebody was to walk into your house and, and torture your house down with uncontrolled fire, <laughs> you would expect the law to do something to this guy, wouldn't you? Now, what if he stood before the judge and the judge go, and he pleaded with the judge, hey, I'll never do it again. And the judge goes, OK, get out of here. How would you feel about that? That's not going to work. That's not going to fly because your house is gone. Somebody needs to pay for that. We all broke God's law. For the I don't care crowd, I'm talking to y'all. We broke the law, and something has to be done. It has to be dealt with. Judgment has to happen. And he's going to do this because of the violation of his law that our sin has done. And you'll never be good enough to get out of it. 
You'll never be good enough. But before we get mad at God for this and shake our fist at God and say, God, why did you do this? Realize we are the ones that sin, not him. And he still offers you a free way out of this. A free way out through belief in Jesus Christ. Even here in Malachi 4, he's pleading with Israel, turn around and come back. Come back to me. Just come back. And in the last chapter, Israel even said, how do we do it? He goes, here's how you do it. And he laid it out. And then they said, but if we come back, how do we know that we can trust? And he says, because I'm a God of covenant. I look at all the covenants I've given you. Have I ever lapsed on any one of them? No, that's how you can trust this one. And so he was trying to get them to come back. But it says those who don't, they will burn like stubble and it will leave them neither root nor branch, root nor branch. Root or, roots is how you get your, your life. Branches is how you get the sun and the water. You're going to have no way of gaining any more prosperity. You're going to have no way of gaining any life. When the stubble is burned up, your life support is cut off. It is done. And I think about that guy in Luke 16 that was in the flames. It's done for him. It is over. But everybody that's hearing this message about the Lord, you've got time to turn and come back. So come on. I'm not selling you on anything. I'm trying to give you something. (laughs) There's no sell in that. (laughs) They will burn like stubble and it will leave them neither root nor branch. It says, uh, and, and all you, basically all you are and all that you have and all that you ever had and all you could have had will be gone. You're scaring me, Ray. Good. Good. You should be scared. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. However, there's a switch here. We're going to switch to the good stuff. (laughs) Malachi 4 and 2. But, oh, I like that. B-U-T. It's a good word. But to you who fear my name, this is a whole different crowd he's addressing now. He's not talking about the proud wicked. But to you who fear my name. The sun, S-U-N, of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Okay, so this big day that's going to be like fire to the wicked, it will be like sunshine to those who accepted the Lord Jesus. Fire to the wicked, wicked, but like sunshine for those of us who believe. It's going to be a very different day depending on where you stand. Depending on if you believe in the Lord or not. That's why I don't need to be afraid of it like, that, like those who are unsaved. Sunshine to those who accepted Jesus. The sun of righteousness shall arise. Now, there's a big difference, a huge difference between the heat of a burning oven and the warmth of sunshine. (laughs) I would rather be in the sunshine any day than stick my head in an oven. Okay, it's a very different day for, for us. Uh, this here phrase, the son of, of righteousness, S-U-N, son, this is the only time in, in Scripture that this name appears. This is the only time we see this. So this is a very special moment mentioned in Scripture. And it seems as though the son of righteousness is intended for us to understand that on this day, the Lord's righteousness will radiate and cover everything like the sun does during the daytime. The sun of righteousness will rise. You know, when the sun comes up, it covers everything and you can see everything. 
the righteousness of God is going to shine down. It's going to cover all of us. There's not going to be one corner, one pocket of anything in the in a believer's life that's not going to be touched by the righteousness of God. It's going to be great. And so it says with healing in his wings, it says that informs us of God's power of restoration, restoration. That's what healing is. Restoration. All of us who have made Jesus our Lord and Savior will be spiritually restored and renewed. We're going to have a restoration unlike anything you've ever known. Now, I got a great restoration when I got saved, but there's going to be, I mean, we still live with trial, don't we? We still live with tough stuff, but there's going to be coming this day for us. It's going to be even another level above that. So get ready for that. This is a great hope for us. Because so many of us have gone through so much trial, so much pain, and so much injury that to know we have a day coming when we will all be healed, that's kind of hard to imagine what that will be like to be completely rid of all pain and sorrow. It's coming. i got a lot of things going on in my life to just even think about it just hurts. And it's still here. I still have it. But it's coming to a point where that's all going to be gone. Now, I know that in our present day language, the thought of going out and growing fat like stall fed calves is not very appealing. It's not very appealing, at least in English. You're going to be like a fat stall fed calf. Oh, great. (laughs) But we need to get the point of what he's trying to get at here. If I were to pray a blessing on us today, Lord, may we all go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves, some of you would probably get up and leave. We're going to eat after this, but that's not what I mean. Um, The phrase of growing fat like calves means healthy. It means healthy. It is healthy for calves to get fat. It's productive. It's useful. It also indicates that the provision is there to get fat. I mean, nobody gets fat on an empty pantry. The pantry has to be full of good things to get fat, right? Or for the calf, the, the ground has to be nice and fertile and lots of good grass. It's got to be, it's provision. It's provision. It's healthy. And plenty is provided. You will lack nothing. You will have everything. That's what it's getting at. And again, let me refer back to my cattle days at the ranch when I used to work on a ranch. When you keep calves in a stall, because it said a stall, right? When you keep calves in a stall, they're, they're, they're cooped up in there. It's a good place to feed them and fatten them up, but they're not very good at being cooped up for very long. You can fatten them in there, but there's a, t- a point they want out. And when you show up, they know you're there to let them out. And when you let them go, they are gone because they, they want to get out into that, into that pasture, into the freedom they have out there. And so when you turn them loose, they get out of the stall. They're out there like, yay, I'm not pent up anymore. And, you know, right now in this day and time, believers are well tended to. We're well tended to on this world, but the restoration and the freedom that we have coming after the great day of the Lord is described here, and you shall go out. Freedom, get me out of this world. (laughs) Get me out of here. You shall go out like stall-fed calves. 
we're well tended to here, but there's a point where he's going to come break us out of here and we are gone, buddy. I'm off in eternal life. See ya. Let's come, let's go together. Let's get out there where the provision is so good. It's unlike anything we've ever seen down here. When we enter into the joy of our father, it's going to be incomparable to the limitations of provision that we have today. And so today we still experience the pain and trials of life. But although we are very limited in that, God is still providing for us. But imagine how it's going to be when the limitations of this world are removed from us. What that's going to be like. And we are fully healed and restored to where we can go out into the greatness of his provision in eternal life. Guys, we have a great day coming. If you're in Jesus Christ, but if you're not burned up like stubble, hello, which do you want? It should be a pretty clear cut decision if you ask me. Okay, this is our future being expressed here. The joy of the righteous that we will experience. Now notice in verse, the beginning of verse two addresses this to you who fear my name. It says to you who fear my name. This is not going to be the outcome for everybody. It's only going to be for those who fear his name, the righteous. Now, remember how the Lord had just earlier warned how he had warned many, how they had been speaking harshly against his name. Remember, they said, what did we do against you? He says, you've spoken harshly against my name. He said that in the previous chapter or chapters. And so this is not going to be the outcome for them. The ones who speak harshly against God's name. You know how people curse and they curse God? But they're a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian, but they GD this. You know, they curse his name. You know, it's, it's going to not be a good outcome for them. God is here now in this verse that we're in. He is now addressing the righteous. The righteous in Jesus, not the wicked. Which shows the Lord's contempt for the wicked. But his love for those who are his. This is a different group of people he's talking to now. First he addressed the wicked. Now he's talking to the righteous. Everybody that thinks everybody goes to heaven, it's all automatic. You need to read Malachi 4. He talks what happens to the different groups of people, depending on where your belief is. This great freeing day is only for the righteous, and it's not for others. Now, this should be a great motivation for anyone who has not yet given their life to Jesus. And I plead with my friends... Give your life to Jesus. Eh, Yeah, whatever. And it's not a big deal. Guys, this is motivation to give your life to Jesus. Look what's coming. Compare both ends. Because when this day hits, he's going to be your only salvation from being burned up like stubble. He's the only way you've got out. Some people are mad that it's only Jesus. Be glad he gave you Jesus. You know, when you try to do things and no matter what you do, it ain't good enough. Well, God gave you Jesus. Don't look at him and say, oh, that's not good enough. Oh, it's more than good enough. He's the way, the blessed hope. It's good. He's good enough. He will be your salvation. Now, here's more warning in Malachi 4 uh, verse 3. It says, you shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this says the Lord of hosts. You know, this really here shows the finality when you look at it. The finality of the judgment for the wicked. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.